Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Well, how's everybody doing? Is everybody okay? Good. We're going to have a little bit different kind of message today. We're going to pretend that we are sitting at the beach together. We're sitting around a dining room table together. We're sitting around next to a lake, around a fireplace. And we're just having a family time, and Dad's reading the Bible. Now, we're going to... um, Pretend that uh, we're just in an intimate setting as family, okay? And, and so I've, I went uh, on a trip recently, and I, I just took this Proverbs, this Passion Translation Proverbs, and I thought, you know, I've got a little time. What if I read it like I read it for the first time? What if I read it like I'm on a deserted island And this is the only book I'll ever have. What if I read it and it's Lindy and I on Gilligan's Island and we're the only two people left on the planet and this is our handbook for doing life together? What if I read it like God is speaking directly to me through these pages? Can I read it with new eyes? Can I read it like he's speaking to me? And so I, uh, I got out a pen and I just started to read slowly and had, a, had water or some coffee or whatever and, and I would just take my time. And if there was something about obedience, I wrote an O. If there was something about money, I wrote an M. If there was something about worship, I wrote a W. And I just asked the Lord, would you speak to me? And there's a special way he can speak to us. It's our spirit. The Holy Spirit resides within every believer. The Holy Spirit's talking. There's the word of God. There's the Holy Spirit. There's my spirit. There's this triangle. And I want to have a conversation. I want the word to spur something, the Holy Spirit to say something, and me to think something. And I want him to change me. And so... We'll just try to recreate some of the words that kind of stuck out, and we'll see how this goes. This isn't a normal preach. We'll try it, okay? It's Saturday night, Church of Bethel. We'll try something different, okay? All right? But let the Word, let the word of God just do its thing tonight. And so Proverbs 1.1, here are kingdom revelations. They've already got my attention. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower you, given to empower you to reign in life. Now you've really got my attention. Here are kingdom revelations. Here are words to live by, words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. In fact, this sentence has gotten our attention so much lately. We were toying around with this byline for vision for Bethel. It's like, Bethel Atlanta exists to empower you to reign in life 
No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you do. We're about building big people, not necessarily big churches. We want you to reign in life. When I read this, I'm kind of like, God, it's your heart that I would reign in life. One of, there's alignment in our movement. We talk, I think Bill Johnson's name's been mentioned a half dozen times already in the service. He's an apostolic leader. He's the senior pastor of Bethel Redding. And I, when I heard his three messages on kingdom abundance that just came out, and I'm going to encourage you all to listen to it. I already know his heart, but his heart for people to live in abundance is so clear. The word of God, I know the heavenly father, his heart is so clear. And my heart, Lindy's heart, our whole team's heart is so clear. We are in absolute alignment on this subject. And I felt like we're in a good place to go after this. Together as a family. Here are kingdom revelations. And it's the heart of our Father that every one of us would reign in life. That may mean something different to each of us. If I'm a missionary, it may look and feel different than if I'm a school teacher. Or if I'm a business owner. If I'm a mom. It may feel different. But in my world, it's the heart of the Heavenly Father that said, I want you to reign in life as my daughter and my son. And I don't know about you, but that gets me halfway home, just knowing that's his will. When things aren't going perfectly, hey, there's an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But my Heavenly Father wants me to reign in life. He wants me to stand tall. He wants me to live an abundant life. He wants me to be an overcomer. He wants me to reign. And and these things that are coming at me, maybe it's something I did, but maybe it's the enemy. But my God and I want to reign in life. And I'm halfway home just knowing that. And so I'm sitting on the beach and God just speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me through your word. And I'm just going to read some, and I hope he'll speak to you too. This one I wrote R-I-L by. But the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace. Free from fear, confident and courageous. You will rest unafraid and sheltered from the storms of life. He's not saying there won't be storms of life. He just says you're gonna be sheltered from the storms of life. Free from fear, confident, courageous. You'll rest unafraid and sheltered. I wanna live like that. On our good days, we live like that. When we're at our best, we live confident and unafraid. Sheltered from the storms of life. But my, knowing that God wrote this handbook and he says, I want you to live that way. That's helpful. So come on, God, help me do it. Help me do it. So what else does he have to say? For all my godly lovers will enjoy life to the fullest. Wow. 
Make me a godly lover. For all my godly lovers will enjoy life to the fullest and will inherit their destinies. Who wants to inherit their destiny? I'd like to inherit my destiny. My child, Proverbs 3.1. My child, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, anybody? Is this the word of God? Let's decide, yes or no. Is he speaking to me today, yes or no? Okay. If you really want a truly long and satisfying life, never forget the things I've taught you. Follow closely every truth I've given you. Then you will have a rewarding life. Okay, God. Give me the grace to do it. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he'll lead you wherever you go. Amen. Verse 9 of chapter 3. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best. Some versions say with your first fruits. Give him your first fruits. Now, this verse has been convicting to me at times because the Holy Spirit sometimes say, are you giving me first fruits? As a business person, I, sometimes I don't know how much I'm making in a month. You're making different amounts every month. You're spending different amounts every month. And unless you really quantify it and have monthly accounting, you don't always know. And so sometimes you feel like you're behind on your giving or catching up all the time. And the Holy Spirit will sometimes whisper, is that a first fruit? Don't like it when I hear that. <laughs> Proverbs 3.16. Wisdom extends to you long life in one hand and wealth and promotion in the other. Give me some of that. Wisdom, long life on one hand, wealth and promotion on another. Wisdom is more than just better, pure knowledge. Wisdom is a person. Wisdom has a name. Wisdom comes like Jesus. Get wisdom and you get long life, wealth and promotion. I'll take that, Lord. Have a, Lord, give us wisdom. How do we find wisdom? Embedded in the Proverbs, it gives you some hints how you get wisdom. It comes as a gift. You don't earn it. There's no degree. There's no degree you get for wisdom. The unlearned, the poorest man in the house, the most unlearned man in the house could be the wisest man in the house. Proverbs 3.27 why would you withhold payment on your debt when you have your ability to pay? Just do it. Saying, don't slow pay me. You know, don't be a fast payer of your bills and your debts. Pay early. Don't slow pay. There's gold here. I was listening to one of Bill's messages recently. It was on kingdom abundance. In fact, it was this week. It was about 11 o'clock at night. I was listening as I was going to bed, listening to the podcast. 
And when I got done, I felt like I just heard gold. I just heard heavenly wisdom on kingdom abundance. And I thought about Blake's message last week and Jan the week before. I was like, we're in the midst of gold. And I thought about worship last Saturday. And tonight, you guys worship so amazing. I'm like, we're in gold. I think about people who are getting saved and people are getting healed and prophetic. And I thought about the church 10, 15 years ago, and it feels like, it feels like he just took me and said, look at it now. Do you remember what it was like? The bride is forming. There's gold in our midst. And I had a vision of just being in this big wheat field, just golden wheat field, like America the Beautiful, where we sing about it. And there's these, these just stalks of just full of grain, and they're just beaming, and they're getting in my hands, and they're just all over the place, and they're turning into gold. And Bill's message was like that on Kingdom Abundance. It's like gold. And I, I've lived in the world of money. I'm 33 years in the financial business. I'm a certified financial planner. I've had 20,000 meetings with people about their money. It's a lot. <laughs> I'm tired just thinking about it. And I've taken all this continuing education and CLU designations and certified financial planner. I mean, it's all good knowledge. But these three messages, I heard something that was above that. Heavenly wisdom. Kingdom abundance. Not to discount. It doesn't contradict those other things. It's just... Layers on top, an apostolic voice speaking about kingdom principles. And I felt like I heard gold. And there's, there's a heart of a father and a heart of this house and a heart of Reading that we together would learn how to reign in every area. Let's keep reading. My son, this is 6-1. My son, if you co-sign a loan for an acquaintance and guarantee his debt, you'll be sorry you ever did it. <laughs> 626. Prostitutes reduce a man to poverty and the adulteress steals your soul. She may even cost your life. That's expensive stuff right there. <laughs> Proverbs 8, 6. The meaning of my words will release within you revelation for you to reign in life. The meaning of my words will release within you, within you revelation. You can reign in life. When I hear this and I'm sitting alone and it's a fantastic statement, I'm like, stop. 
Just don't keep reading by it. Decide if I'm going to believe it or not. Decide if it's going to go inside of me. Decide if it's true. Decide if I can mix it with faith. Decide if it can change me. The meaning of my words will release within you revelation for you to reign in life. I say yes and amen, God. Let it happen. Wisdom pours into you, verse 13, when you begin to hate every form of evil in your life. For that's what worship and fearing God is all about. Worship and fearing God puts you in a position where you actually hate evil. If we're all honest, there are moments in our life where evil's kind of enticing, it's okay, that movie, that show, that habit. Uh, And then there are other times, no way, it feels ugly. It feels gross. When we're in the spirit, when we're strong, when you come off a fast, when when you just got it going on spiritually, evil feels wrong. But here's a key. Worship and awe help build that into us. Build that into our spirit man. Verse 14, you will find true success when you find me. So, you're giving time to be here tonight. Your motivation is, I like to get closer to the Lord. Most people, you come, like, I want to be with the body. Maybe it's a habit. But for the most part, I want to be closer to you. And it says, You're going to find true success when you find me. Now, all my kids have gone through the Bethel School of Ministry. Lindy and I have gone through the School of Ministry. I felt like that investment of time was helping me find him. It didn't look like true success on my resume. It didn't necessarily help my kids get a better job. But they're finding him. They're finding success. It's an investment. Is it relevant? It's totally relevant when it's helping me find him. When you're working on you and your spirit, man, you're finding success because this kingdom is inside out. The old covenant's outside in, but this thing's inside out. And when you're working on your spirit, man, it's gonna affect your outside. You may not feel it tomorrow, but it is. It's amazing. So you're here. You're coming to find him. Success is chasing you. That song we were singing, it's chasing you down. It's going over the mountain. I don't remember it anymore. (laughs) I can try to butcher it or just stop right now. There was a mountain in that song somewhere. (laughs) Proverbs 9.10, the starting point for acquiring wisdom. Okay, here's a key. We're hearing all these promises of wisdom. The starting point for finding wisdom is to be consumed 
with awe as you worship Jehovah God. Now, y'all worshiped well tonight. There was some awe in the room. We worship well. But we're going to keep hammering worship because there's still more. There's more awe. We haven't seen the end of it. And we haven't seen the end of what it can do in a congregation. The beginning of wisdom is to be consumed with awe as you worship God, Jehovah. I want to find more awe. Wisdom will extend your life, making every year more fruitful than the one before. Take some of that. You know, we've talked about awe and worship, what it can do. In Romans 121, there's a key. It says, if you worship me, if you'll honor me, if you'll return to the awe of God, I'll keep you from bad doctrine and your heart turning cold. It's defensive. The worship and awe of God is defensive. And it's also offensive because it says, I'll open you up to fountains of life within you. I want to worship better. Proverbs 11. Generosity brings prosperity, but withholding charity brings poverty. You want to reign in life, don't sit on your hands. Instead, work hard at doing what's right. For the slacker will end up working to make someone else succeed. Ouch. One pretends to be rich but is poor. Another pretends to be poor but is quite rich. So I've interviewed 20,000 people about money. Not always who's got the Rolex and the big house and the nice car. Sometimes those are fake. They pretend to be rich, but they're not. It's like the glacier. Have you seen the picture, poster of the glacier? It's got a little bit of ice above the water and then this massive glacier underneath the water. That's what I want to be in my finances. There's a little bit of show, but there's a lot of go underneath. There's a lot you ain't seeing. (laughs) Fools mock the need for repentance while the favor of God rests upon all his lovers. Fools mock the need for repentance. When's the last time you repented? When's the last time you asked somebody to Speak into your life. 1427. To worship God in wonder and awe opens a fountain of life within you. You guys are all worshiping tonight. It's opening a fountain. Friday night we were worshiping. I was just feeling like my spirit, man, was just getting energized and vitalized. And 
they were putting in this kind of hydrogenated water in me. I was getting hydrated in the spirit. You know what? That was probably what was happening. I was just getting a glimpse of, just a taste of what was going on. You're working on him. He's, he's working on you. In fact, we, Blake talked a little bit about worship last week. Um, if you weren't here, I really love you to listen to that message. But if you're new here, Blake has this incredible gift of seeing in the spirit, and he was describing some angels that, two angels that follow this ministry. And uh, one has to do with worship. So why don't you come share that? Go welcome Blake as he comes. Hi, everybody. Um, so yeah, last week I was just talking a little bit about just some, some things that the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit's been telling me about this, this season of the church. And one of the things I was describing was this angel that I've seen follow us for, for as long as I've been part of the church. And it's been in every building that we've ever gone in, but there's this angel that always stands to the, on the right side of the stage here. And my, my right, your left. And this angel, um, I asked the Holy Spirit what it was, and I heard him say that it carries breakthrough for worship and breakthrough in worship. This angel's covered from covered in fire from head to toe, and it's this blue fire, and it's not blue fire like a um, like when you turn your you know gas stove on. It's like this dark, dark, dark blue color. And every single time worship is getting started, this angel gets super jazzed up and it's jumping around and you know running in place and everything. And I've noticed that every single time worship starts, he starts looking around the room and his eyes dart around really fast. And as soon as he sees whatever it is he's looking for, he darts into the crowd and lights someone on fire. And then he darts over to this person and lights this person on fire and darts this way and then maybe lights three people on fire on the way over there, you know, kind of thing. And it's, again, and maybe he'll pause at the back for a minute and then look around and wait for something to catch his eye. And I've also seen times where he comes up to someone and he like puts his puts his hand underneath like their their arm or something like that, and they're just not catching. And I know what that feels like because I'm terrible at starting fires, uh, like we're camping or things like that. Like it just it's like that thing where it's like it just doesn't go, you know. And um, and it's it, it always interested me that I that he's looking for something every single time, and I. You know, I, I've, I, I know how it is. Like, sometimes we come into worship, and it's like, boom, yeah, let's do it. Let's go right away. And other times it's like, uh, maybe I'll stand up later, <laughs> you know. And, you know, and I've, I've been on every single part of that spectrum, sometimes because I was dealing with something, sometimes because my kid keeps, you know, running into my knees or something like that, you know, and every, everything in between. Um, but one thing, one thing I do know, one thing I have seen is... The, the more that I turn my attention, the more that I turn my intention towards the greatness of God, to the majesty of God, the more there's room for his, the awe of who he is to fill me, and the easier it is to enter into worship. Because, I mean, even, even the word worship, as I understand it, means to gaze upon. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes we can be like, oh, this song isn't really doing it for me, or... You know, oh, they're doing this new song and the words are confusing or, you know, whatever else. 
I, I know that I know I I know that regardless of what the circumstances are, what the reason are, that we always have the opportunity to take responsibility for what we're bringing to worship. And in my experience, heaven is just waiting to partner with what we bring. So yeah, that's what I've seen before. Yeah. It's awesome. Chapter 14, verse 30, a tender, tranquil heart will make you healthy, but jealousy will make you sick. We talk about jealousy being a lid. The Lord is wondering if I can be excited about another's success, excited about someone else promoted before me, excited about something great. Because with growth, with favor, does come often some trouble, some persecution. If I can't handle that, will he give me that? And so we celebrate, we're learning to celebrate other people's success. It's much better to live simply surrounded in holy law holy awe and worship of God than to have great wealth with a home full of trouble. The one who puts earning money above his family will have trouble at home. But those who refuse to exploit others will live in peace. All through the Proverbs, don't exploit the poor, don't exploit the poor. You can avoid evil through surrendered worship and fear of God. Avoid evil. This worship is pretty important stuff. The Lord expects you to be fair in every business deal, for he is the one who sets the standards for righteousness. Mock the poor, will you? You insult your creator every time you do. If you make fun of others' misfortune, you better watch out. Your punishment is on the way. Ouch. It's stupid to run up bills you'll never be able to pay. How'd that make the book, you know? Like, thought we all knew that. Or to co-sign for the loan of a friend. Co-signing is all throughout the Proverbs. That's when your friend's got a loan and he, he doesn't have a strong enough credit rating to get the loan by himself, so they have to bring you in. It's usually a bad idea. Partnerships are a lot like co-signing. You know, if you and a partner are doing a, a deal together, if your partner defaults on the loan, guess who they come after? You. Anybody had a problem with any partnerships before? Am I the only one? Oh, there's some hands go up. It's not a rhetorical question when I raise my hand. <laughs> there's a the key there. So, 
in 2008, 2009, just all over the city, there were partnerships and real estate values tumbled. And people are in deals together. And there's four guys in a deal together. And now the value of the property is worth half what the loan is. And there's the integrity question. Do I stay there? Do I default on the loan? Do I default on my partners? And eventually one guy drops out. And the other three are now holding the bag. Six months later, second guy drops out. Now two are holding the bag. Happened all over the place. I've had some partners have trouble. So I got a new rule for partnerships. I don't go into a partnership unless they're richer than I am and they have more integrity than I am. I have. And it's going to stay that way forever. (laughs) And that hopefully is hard to find. The one who's too lazy to look for work is the same man who wastes his life away. You can inherit houses and lands from parents, but a good wife only comes from the gracious gift from God. Yeah, Yeah, baby. (laughs) Trying to get brownie points back there? (laughs) That's pretty good. So the most important decision of your life is to give your life to the Lord. Second biggest decision of your life is who you marry. And it's a gracious gift from God. Every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to the Lord. Don't worry, you'll be repaid in full for all the good you've done. When you live a life, this is 19 Verses 23, when you live a life of abandoned love, surrendered before the awe of God, here's what you'll experience. You interested? Loving God, surrendered before the awe of God, abundant life, continual protection, and complete satisfaction. Do you hear God's heart like for his people of a life he wants to give us? It's different than hell and firestone. Firestone? (laughs) Brimstone. (laughs) That tire company wouldn't like that endorsement. (laughs) That Michelin and firestone, that'll get you every time. But you read Proverbs, you're reading God, this God, God is like, let me help you live a wonderful life. Do you hear it? It's the heart of a good father. I want my kids to be happier, healthier, taller, richer, live longer than me, wiser, make fewer mistakes. And I'm not half as good a dad as he is.
If an inheritance is gained too early in life, it won't be blessed in the end. Anybody stupid enough to guarantee a loan for a stranger deserves to have his property held as security. It's making it pretty clean. If you close your heart to the cries of the poor, then I'll close my eyes when you cry out to me. God loves the poor. He loves the oppressed. He has a heart for the weakest in our culture. A culture is defined by how it treats the weakest among it. The elderly, the infirmed, the unborn, the poor. That's how good we are, is how we treat them. We treat them poorly. I don't know that we're good. This is a scripture, 21-22, for the apostles in the making in the room and the prophets in the making in the room. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. Whoa! Raise up warriors in our midst, God. If you borrow money with interest, you'll end up serving the interest of your creditors. For the rich rule over the poor. And Bill in his messages was talking about what it would be like if we all had debt free. We're all out of debt. And I just want to proclaim, what would it be like? What if everyone that called this place their home, in a few years, we were all debt free? What if the 300 was part of the anointing of the house, you got out of debt? Say, I came into that place and seven years later, I was totally out of debt. And that anointing just started happening over and over and over. And it became a tipping point. And your friends come in the room and there's 300 people who are totally out of debt. Do you think their need gets met? Quickly. Easily. That's the heart of the Father. It's the heart of the Father that everyone was have more than enough. Heart of the Father wouldn't have tension over money at the end of the month. Heart of the Father wouldn't be in our marriages. It's his heart. And so if his, that's his heart, if the God of the universe that says in one word he created the universe, if he says that's, if I know that's his heart, I'm halfway home. I'm 51% winning just with him. And it's happening in our midst. We've got a great, great heritage in this area. Bill gives just so generously. There's no manipulation in that house around money. I don't believe we've ever manipulated or begged for money here. God's always been more than enough. There's always been more than enough. There's an inheritance here to do these things. There's a foundation.
Never oppress the poor or pass laws with the motive of crushing the weak. You know, I, I don't like the lottery. I thought that was a law that hurts the poor. And uh, for those of you on podcast, Georgia has a lottery, and a lot of the money goes to help pay college, co- college kids. If they can keep a high average, they go to school for free. And uh, all four of my kids were on the Hope Scholarship. They, they went. I didn't say no to the money. But I don't like the, I voted against the law because I think it came off, it's mainly poor people that play, pay the lottery. It's not the rich people. I got, I, I was at a convenience store a while back and I was behind this guy, he had construction boots on, he was just dusty, he'd been working all morning, it was lunchtime. He'd worked four hours that morning and he bought $10 of lottery tickets, he bought $5 worth of cigarettes, he bought $10 worth of beer, and $7 worth of gas. And I felt like crying, like I was his morning's wages. And the only thing he got out of it that was any good was a little bit of gas. Bought some Twinkies, too. That wasn't any better. Cigarettes, beer, lottery tickets, gas, and Twinkies. And I felt like crying. Because he doesn't have hope. And he's not going forward. Proverbs 24, and we'll end with this. Proverbs 24, verses 3. Wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, communities, and through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and endure. Wise people build. And you're building a career, you're building a family, you're building investments, you're building a church, you're building. And the 38 parables that Jesus spoke in the Bible, 16 of them were about money and possessions. In every one there was an expectation of growth and increase and building. Wise people build and we're wise people. We build families, we build businesses, we build communities. And through intelligence and insight, our enterprises are established and endure. That's who we are. And you might say, Pastor, I, my stuff is a mess. I'd be embarrassed to talk to you about it. It's a mess. And Probably ought to be. Like, we don't teach this stuff in high school or college, and we don't talk about it much in church, so it ought to be a mess.
But I have this sense like God makes all things beautiful. And I, I have this sense that through repentance, if I just lay this, God, we all have made mistakes. I've made some horrendous mistakes around money. But we repent. I change the way I think. God, I'm sorry I made that decision. God, I didn't listen to my wife. I didn't bring it before you enough. I didn't seek wise counsel. I was getting cocky, whatever it is. I lay it before him and repent. God, would you, would you help? Would you restore? Would you put bricks? Would you restore the Nehemiah walls? Would you do a miracle? Would you take my one talent and make it five somehow? Pastor, it's a mess. And what he does, this is the coolest thing. It's like when you repent and you set sail and you set, you set and say, no, this is where I, I want to go. I want to do it your way. I want to do it right. I'm sorry. I repent. Would you help restore? It's like you've reset the sailboat in a direction and you've, you're lifting up the sails. You say, God, I can't make the wind blow, but would you help me? And the Holy Spirit comes in. It's amazing. And it, you'll go faster in that direction than you could in the natural. Believe me, stuff just happens. And he begins to restore. And he begins to make things right. He's the God who makes things beautiful. He's the God of restoration. He's the God who's up there waiting for his kids to say, Daddy, I screwed up. Okay, let's help. He's the God who can make things fixed as if they never broke. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Because he loves us as kids and he's supernatural and he's God and he can do whatever he wants to. But I'm telling you as a community, if you do this, like he'll fix our mistakes. He's the God of Jubilee. He's the God of grace. He's the God who takes my junk and makes it stuff and then he makes it good. <laughs> you know, it's my stuff and your junk, right? You know how that works. So we gotta go from junk to stuff to good. It's the heart of the Father. So we're sitting on a beach together, having a little Bible study. It's time to go have lunch or dinner. But a heart of our Father says, here are kingdom revelations, verse 1, chapter 1. Words to live by and words of wisdom given to empower my kids to reign in life. That's our papa. That's our daddy. We got the best dad in the whole world. So Lord, help us to be people of Proverbs. People who rule. 
People who don't press the poor. People who worship with awe and wonder. People who love life and love to give and are extravagant. Help us to be abundant people with more than enough. Help us to get out of debt. Help restore our mistakes. Blow wind on our repentance, we pray. And all the people said, Amen, and amen, and amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.